0: This is Radical Learning Talks with Sari Gonzalez and Becca Coritz. Many of us that walk this path of unschooling work to view and treat kids as equals, and so we often hear parents say that they treat their kids like adults. But is this actually true? Are kids like adults? Of course we're working towards sharing our power with kids and advocating for their rights and freedom, but are we doing them a disservice by ignoring the differences that we do have? yeah And we're back! Lulu! Hold on, I gotta get my laughs out. Ooh. Hi, everybody, we're back. <laughs> we just, we just, um, getting a kick out of ourselves. <laughs> we just lost it. <laughs> we just lost it. Um, so yeah, what are we talking about today? We're talking. We are talking about the pitfalls of
1: treating kids like adults. What do you mean by that? Actually? Now, what do I mean by that? Are you holding me accountable for this topic now? I am actually. You were like, <laughs> I think we need to talk about this. Yeah. Fine. Okay. 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 So yeah, I hear this sometimes um, from coming from, I would say specifically, uh, unschooling parents, um, deschoolers.
0: Me. Peaceful- you (laughs) (laughs) sometimes every now and then when I'm having my moment
1: yeah and every time I kind of I I get a little bit triggered I guess because I think I understand why we do it but I also think that there are a couple of pitfalls with it
0: when you say it like specifically
1: talking talking about like kids as adults because they're not Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um Yes, they are our equals, or they should be. Yes, they should have the same rights as us. They're human beings, just like we are. We're persons, you know? We're people, all of us. But there are so many differences between kids and adults. And I think that if we treat them as adults, we might actually do some harm as
0: well. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about adultism as you bring this up, Becca, because I feel like in moments where I've said that, you know, I mean, a lot of people ask, like, oh, you have such a great relationship with Sai, you know, like, what do you do? How do you do it? Kind of, those that aren't exactly unschooling, deschooling. And it, definitely in the past, I've said, well, I just treat him like an adult, you know? And I haven't thought twice about, about saying that until you actually brought it up. You were like, but do you really treat him like an adult? And when I think about it, it's like, no, I don't. Because my goal is not to treat him as a specific something or other i think anybody that comes into unschooling or deschooling work it's because we want to have equitable relationships with our kids we we want we see them and we want to continue seeing them and treating them as equals as human beings but there's something that happens in us i think when we're doing this work where we're very afraid to not treat them as equals and treat them in an adultist way. So adultism is like something I think many of us are working really hard to to dismantle. And what I mean by adultism is this idea that we are more powerful as adults than kids. And what I see happening is that because that's what we're trying to dismantle and like break and step away from, we wanna see them as complete equals in terms of seeing them as adults. Exactly, exactly. And so I think it
1: is It is a way of, of trying to get away from the adultism. But also I see other things. I, I do see parents who sometimes have a hard time stepping up and behaving like adults or taking the responsibility when they need to. I also see parents that sometimes place too high expectations on their kids which
0: is really easy to do if you think that they are the same as you right and i mean they are in many ways so it's like i want to make it clear we're not saying that they're not like on a human level we're not equals or we're not trying to work towards um, an equitable relationship we keep using these terms because it's the best way to describe what it is that we're striving towards. But I think more specifically, this idea that there are no differences could be really harmful because there are developmentally. And so like what you were saying about the expectations, it's, I've seen this and I've been guilty of this myself, you know, where it's like, I, I put the responsibility on Sai or I've put the responsibility to figure things out or to act a certain way or behave in a certain way. That doesn't match where he is developmentally, and the consequences of that are are many. You know, like it's it's hard for kids to develop self-esteem if they're constantly feeling like they're not meeting other people's expectations, or they're not good enough, or they're not able to accomplish something that maybe, you know, by me treating, you know, a, a kid as an adult, I'm I'm setting them up almost for. For failure in many regards yeah. if they're not ready to do the thing that i'm expecting them to do so exactly exactly that
1: i i see it so many times it can be you know like for instance parents who get mad because their kids have a hard time keeping their room tidy mm-hmm. and it's really hard like it's really hard to keep a room tidy it's very hard Knowing how you how you put things back in place and how how to kind of discern order in the chaos and know even where to begin. Mm-hmm. And so I can see many times that that we do that and that we aren't always very mindful or aware of where our kids are at dev- developmentally. Mm-hmm. I can't say that word.
0: yeah, it's like a question of of maturity and maturation and you know, like. And skill, like, you know, that there's, there's certain skills that we develop as we have different experiences in life that require us to fine tune those skills. So it's really unfair sometimes to expect our kids to, you know, be patient, for example. Yeah. You know, waiting in line. It's like, be patient. It's like, well, I'm 40 years old and I'm not that patient. So why would my eight year old be patient? Um, or I mean the list goes on but I think I would love to talk about Becca like what what are I mean we we started diving into this but what are the problems of, of looking at our kids as adults like through that lens
1: first of all I think it places a lot of responsibility on kids And personally, I am of the opinion that kids shouldn't be the ones holding the responsibility. You know, I think that kids are practicing to become Mm. responsible. And I think that it's something that takes a long time. That is why, you know, we're formally adults when we're 18, because we need a lot of practice. And even at 18, the brain is still not fully developmentally ready. You know, it takes another 10 years almost. And so for me, kids should have rights. And I think mm. that we as adults, we should be the ones carrying the um, the responsibility. And then at the same time, we should be supporting our kids on that road to becoming responsible. But without letting go of our responsibility. So for instance, if your kid needs to pack... Um, His backpack for an excursion. This
0: happened. This happened. I'll finish and then I'll share my story. Okay, so yeah. So
1: for instance, if if you if you're gonna go for an excursion, for instance, and you are are gonna bring a a backpack, uh, then you can't just expect your kid to know what goes in it, you know, and then be mad if the kid forgot the water bottle. Is this a good time for me to share my fuck up? Yes, it is a good time to share your fuck up.
0: (laughs) So, this actually happened, folks, when we were on a trip to Mexico City taking a flight. We show up at the airport, and of course, we live on the coast, you know, in the tropics, in the tropics, on the beach. So, hardly any of us wear shoes. And so, we step out of the car, ready to like go into the airport. And I'm like, Sai, where are your shoes? And he's like, What do you mean? You don't have my shoes? And of course, me and His father were like, "Where you packed your bag? Like, didn't you put your shoes in your bag? Like, what's going on? You know, it's your it's your shoes. Like, it's your responsibility." And of course, quickly it was like, "No, it's not our responsibility. It's not his responsibility. Rather, it's it's ours. Like, he's he's not there yet, you know." And so yeah, he's seven. Oh my gosh! (laughs) And it was really funny, and it turned out to be quite a memory that we will always keep. Dear to our hearts because when we arrived, so we had to go on the airplane without shoes. Yeah. And then when we arrived to the airport, we were like searching for shoes in Mexico City airport, and the only thing of course we could did. find were like these little <laughs> unicorn slippers. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, I have a similar story. um When Teo was gonna turn fifteen, we were gonna leave for the mountains, and he had he had packed his backpack a uh, backpack. Uh, I mean fortunately the clothes were someplace else uh, but he left without the backpack and we realized when we were already an hour away and we just laughed i mean there was no blaming or shaming or anything because it was it was our mistake we should have made sure that his backpack was actually in the car so he did pack it but he didn't remember to bring it into the car uh, so this is this is what i'm talking about i'm i'm meaning like kids are different from adults in different ways cognitively mm-hmm. and emotionally and I would also say maybe physically mm. which means that they have not yet developed all the skills that they need in order to navigate life also they lack of experience it's hard for them to look at certain things through a higher perspective because they don't know Mm-hmm. They simply don't know, they don't have the experience. And so, I think it can be really hard, for instance, if parents are placing too much responsibility on kids when it comes to uh, you know, life-changing decisions, when we think that maybe, um, maybe we should involve them in big topics, like, we know that we will have to move, we know that we're going to have to leave this place, it's not for a small, young child to to make that decision. We can talk with our kids. We can explain to them. But ultimately, the responsibility of that decision lies on us, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think there are different ways that we can talk to them about it where we can include them in the exactly. decision-making. Exactly, yes. And share with them what's going on. I mean, this happened when we moved here. You know, it was... I mean, it was hard. There were different conditions and situations, but you know, it wasn't necessarily consent based because if it were up to Cy, he would not have moved here exactly. at, at the time. But at the same time, it wasn't like, wasn't a decision that we weren't going to make without talking to him somewhat about it. But of course, but the decision wasn't for him to make. Exactly. And I think that there's a lot of pressure, like what, hearing you speak becca like for me i had to grow up really fast right yeah because of the circumstances of my childhood and so in a way i was acting very much as an adult yeah when i was a kid i had to make certain decisions um and one of the things that i think that happened was like i, I lost some of my childhood it must have
1: made you really vulnerable as well
0: yeah i don't know if i if i've if I've thought about it, can you, what do you mean?
1: I'm just saying like, if you have to make certain decision at a very young age, I mean, how can you know? Mm -hmm. And if there's not an adult there to, to stand by your side and to guide you, you could potentially have ended up in really, really crappy situations. Yeah,
0: definitely. And I mean, there were a lot, I did, I did have certain, you know, caring adults in my life for sure. That helped me, but also, martial arts was super helpful for me, like channeling. I mean, that's a whole other topic. But I think, yeah, I, I think I, it wasn't, there were certain things that I had to do that aren't really things that younger kids need to think exactly. about or have to worry about. Like I think about sometimes where I have spoken to Sai about things or he's because he's so intuitive, you know, so he's like, are you OK? What's going on? Tell me, you know, what happened? Tell me. And sometimes I say, well, I don't, you know, this is this is pretty big stuff, you know, like, do you really want to know? Or and sometimes I'll change it, kind of edit yeah. <laughs> according to, again, where he's at, where his level of, of awareness and understanding of the world is based on what he's showing me, you know. But, but I think I wouldn't give him like every single detail of everything because he'd have nightmares for. Yeah for a while and so yeah it's like um
1: overestimating the capacity to to deal with maybe traumatic information or you know
0: yeah yeah and then i also think like we always want to support our kids to figure things out on their own but i think also there's something about really understanding when they're ready for those
1: moments yeah yeah so again not placing too high expectations and i find that Most of the time, parents, as parents, and even, you know, like, as adults in general, I think we're not really aware of the developmental stages of kids, like, what is is a common thing to go through. We don't know. We have ideas of when they should be ready. And I think that, for instance... When kids turn six, that's where I see that parents start shifting a lot. That's when they start placing higher expectations on their kids because they see that they're so much more capable than they were when they were four. Well, but that's also
0: when school age kicks in. It is also when school age kicks in. And there are other expectations that people have um, that we project on the on kids to
1: yeah but i think that's like more or less where it starts and where we are maybe less patient with our kids and by having these high expectations it becomes like demands on the kids and we don't realize as parents how many different things are required for doing certain things like i'm just thinking about for instance how to cope with transitions Mm. or change like the capacity for for flexibility um, for kids that normally need a lot of anticipation and certainty to to recognize what's gonna happen, like if we don't tell them that there's gonna be a change and why and how and if we don't prep them for it, they might have a really hard time dealing with it. And thinking that they're just gonna you know, flow through it smoothly is is unfair I would say and, and I'm there's so many of these like how to deal with new situations and new people when you still haven't developed the skill to read a room right. you know social full of people cues. social like cues, so. understanding how your actions affect other people like all of those things it's just too hard you know yeah. or I'm thinking of cause and effect like that is a capacity to, that, that starts developing around age 10, 10 to 12 But again, like the studies that I've read show that there's like 20% of adults that never develop that capacity. Hmm and still we think we're just assuming that kids will understand
0: cause and effect right it's kind of the same thing with empathy right like, exactly you know we want our kids to be empathetic well one are we modeling empathy which is to me the biggest the most important factor in <laughs> yeah. them developing empathy but also that because it has a lot to do with that cause and effect thinking yeah. and understanding how your actions affect others and developmentally there are different stages of that understanding yeah and so if we have the expectation they're going to be empathetic or um or keeping back their impulses oh yeah. i
1: mean when kids they maneuver through the logic of this is fun i want to do this right. and there is no consequential thinking in there and there is no empathy or like concern for other people's needs because this th- i need to do this because this is like i have to
0: I think about two things like one is language and what the effects are of tr- of literally saying like I'm treating my child as an adult because they're not adults and so yikes like we're not meeting them where they're at you know and, and honoring their stage of life in the yeah. moment but also the other thing is like how we talk to kids about these different skills you know, or or where they are developmentally, or the expectations that we have because we're thinking of them as adults. So, for example, um, if we're using language like that, we would use to an adult friend or to an adult around the expectation, like, "Well, you should be doing this," or "Yeah, why aren't you doing that?" Or, I mean, we shouldn't be talking. <laughs> to anyone like that that. but that's my point my point is that I think we need to not focus so much on age and focus on these labels that we're so used to in life like either you're a child you're an adult you're an elderly person like you're a human and where are you in your development yeah because I think a lot about neurodiversity and think about kids that are neurodivergent and adults that are neurodivergent like you can have an adult that is still lagging in skills um, of some of which you've mentioned and they're still adults so how we talk like the language we use to talk about things needs to be the same for everybody but the expectations that we have need to change depending on who's in front of us I love that I love it so much really high five
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, and and to recognize that it's it's a process, and we're still in that process, uh, and for kids specifically, I would say it's about maturation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and have that understanding and empathy with them, and
0: maybe look at ourselves a little bit. How I was just about to ask you, what do you think are some signs that we are treating our kids as adults?
1: Well. I think that when we get upset with when they don't uh, fulfill and meet our expectations, that that could be a sign. I mean, it could be a sign, maybe not as adults, but but we're having too high expectations on them. We, we think that they should be able to perform differently or better or um, they should carry out these responsibilities. Or for instance, oh my God, this one is a big one. But, but just the capacity to... Um, keep agreements that we have made in our family where the kids have been part of making the agreements and so we totally expect them to to stick to them and i'm like no (laughs) because i'm sure that in the moment the kid was like yeah sure this sounds logical i can do this and then this impulse of but this is more fun than keeping this agreement kind of overrules the agreement And we get upset about it and we don't understand it because as adults, that's not what you do. Right. But kids, they run by another kind of logic. Yeah. It's a logic I wish I could
0: have more of, you know, like, oh, this is fun. I want to do this. Yeah, I mean, this is like the Peter Pan syndrome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In Spanish, or in Portuguese, syndrome de Peter Pan. (laughs) You know, (laughs) never wanting to grow up. It's like, I get why, because there's also a level of responsibility, like you said. And with, you know, as we age, we take on more responsibility. And it's super unfair to put that on our kids.
1: And I think that it's like understanding that we are preparing them for the future by letting them train and and like really train how it feels to be responsible when they are ready for it
0: and i think also modeling yes. why we do things like okay we you know this is this is why i'm packing my bag like this oh i i'm going to remember my shoes side do you have your shoes cuz remember last time we forgot your shoes you know or w- why we make certain decisions or you know not putting all the responsibility on the kids but but communicating our process with yeah. them.
1: And we can give them responsibility and whenever we see that it's not working for them, yeah. be ready to step back in
0: and take on the responsibility. And this is where I think it ties into unschooling and deschooling and all of that work is that it you know, we need to be flexible. We need to be flexible with our kids, with ourselves, with our families, our communities, and understand that things change depending on who's in front of us and and who we're relating to but also like be really flexible in that maybe the one way that we're seeing things is not the only way like maybe there are other ways to do things maybe the expectation that we have is based on a fear like are we unpacking that fear are we are we doing the work to really understand why we even have that expectation to begin with yeah
1: and i think also understanding that many times we might have hidden expectations. Mm -hmm. It's not something that we have verbalized to ourselves or to the kid. We just expect them to be able to deal with certain things without even reflecting Mm -hmm. around it. And I think that what happens many times is that by not understanding that we are setting the expectations too high, we make it so much harder for the kids.
0: So how do you feel that this is related to unschooling and deschooling?
1: Well, I think it has to do with unschooling because it's about following the kid, right? We're We're following the kid, We're letting the kid lead. We're looking at our kid trying to understand how they are, how they function, what they need. And we're trying to get away from this idea of placing like certain, have to's around them like you have to be able to read and write at this age or you have to be able to what do i know um climb that tree because you know you're you're a boy Mm -hmm. (laughs) you should like this Mm -hmm. like we're trying to get a get away from like these preconceived ideas of what a kid should or must do and we're trying to get back to the core of like who is the kid and what we yeah. want
0: and i'm thinking also in the whole unschooling deschooling process what we're trying to do is just get away from like binary thinking you know so what i mean by that is yeah the black white the boy girl the you're this or you're that and you know you're a kid or you're an adult and like the labels like wouldn't it be wonderful if we didn't have these labels kids adults elderly like we're humans yeah and to be able to
1: recognize that life is a process and to be able to support our kids with dignity and in partnership
0: yeah and i think it'll make unschooling life a lot easier too for parents that that struggle with wanting to like control everything and um because then it becomes like our time with our kid is about obs- like really observation and just yeah. being present yeah versus living in our expectation of them
1: yeah and i think i'm sure that most conflicts that we have with our ch- children has to do with us placing too high expectations on them yeah. and when they when the kids can't meet them because it's not that they don't want to they can't meet them we get angry and upset yeah
0: This has been a big realization for me recently. Um, Again, tying into neurodiversity and understanding different minds and that we need different things and that we have different capacities. Yeah. So how fucked up is it for me to expect something? Like what I can do, what I'm capable of, that's like ableism right there. Right. That somebody else should be able to do it so all of those should I love what you said have tos the should haves the have tos the musts like we need to abolish that shit
1: (laughs) yeah definitely so yeah this is this is like why I think we should maybe be mindful when we say we're treating our kids like adults because I think that there is a lot of mistakes we can make on the road that are really really harmful for our kids you do when you realize your kid isn't like other kids are you trying to force them to behave in a more socially acceptable way or do you blame yourself for not being a good enough parent in the next episode of radical learning talks we share what it has been like for us to discover that our kids are neurodivergent how we're navigating it and how unschooling is an amazing way of embracing your kid's unique self